Welcome back. Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Our pleasure right now to bring in ODU basketball coach Kieran Donahue. Interim coach joins us as he does each and every Monday after a tough loss at James Madison and a big win over Marshall. Uh, coach, let's first start with uh, the JMU game. I mean, you've been wanting good starts against Madison. You, you got a better start this time, but in the second half, obviously the script was a bit flipped uh, this time around. No, that, that's accurate. No, we we got off to a great start, right? I, I mean, obviously we had the lead at halftime. Um, you know, we shot the ball very well uh, in the first half, and we you know we we guarded them much better. Um, you know, I thought turnovers cost us a little bit. We we turned it over. You know, we had more turnovers in in the first half than we than we've been averaging for all games. So I, I thought that hurt us from from even have a even having a better offensive output. Um, you know, but our, our kids battled. Listen, our, our kids were ready for the game. Uh, we we got off. We did exactly what we wanted to do. We we competed at a high level. We battled at a high level. We got off to a strong start. Um, you know, it was an ugly game, but that's okay. You know, that's the way we needed to make it. We 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 guarded them well. We guarded them energetically. You know, and, and we, you know, we we were good on offense. Other than maybe not you know not getting enough shots because we turned it over some. Um, then in the second half, obviously they they were able to to raise their level of play uh, and they, they could just take it to a gear that, that we just couldn't match. Um, you know, and then they sort of systematically stretched us out there over the course of the second half. And, and we obviously, uh, you know, we didn't shoot nearly as well. We struggled to score in, in the second half and we went through a, a drought, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, JMU had a, had a big run on us for sure. Um, and we just couldn't stem the tide. And, and again, that was, you know, the situation we've been in before, you know, I think, uh, you know, to our kids' credit, you know, they, they continue to battle and compete uh, pretty good, you know, but there was a middle, the middle stretch of that second half, you know, the, the wheels fell off for sure and, and uh, took us too long to get them back on. Well, in that in that second half, part of the story, of course, was the ejection of uh, Chauncey Jenkins. It's a second straight game. Obviously, you got a little chippy between these two teams. Uh, you know, played each other three times this year. Just your vantage point of that, do you think the, the referees made the, made the right call ultimately in, in, in removing Chauncey from the game? Uh, you know, I, I think it was a tough situation, right? I, I think um, for, uh, you know, what was going on, you know, I, the, the game was choppy all game long, I would say. Um, and so for the game, for for there to be uh, a series of technicals in that situation and, and our guy getting two and their guy getting one, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, quite honestly, um, because they were both very much uh, – you know, in the middle of the same thing. So um, that, that didn't all add up to me, but, uh, you know, there's, you know, it is, unfortunately it is what it is. And, and um, we just got to do a better job of not being in those situations. Right. I mean, again, we, we, we lose focus sometimes um, too easily. Uh, and, and it has a big negative impact on us. Right. And, and when we're at our best, um, you know, we, we don't lose focus, right. We, we don't let a bad call or a missed shot, or a breakdown defensively, right? We we don't let that linger and, and carry over and affect other things. Um, too often, all year long, though, we, we get you know a little distracted, um, but by the wrong things, and, and that affects the next play. Um, you know, and that's in, in in essence what happened. But it obviously, was much much more costly, you know, to lose Chauncey for the last ten minutes of the game. 
All right, we're here with Kieran Donahue, interim basketball coach at Old Dominion here, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. You guys do get the W uh, at Marshall, so uh, sweep them in the regular season. Uh, Leroy Odiahi get, getting a, the start the last couple games for you guys. Uh, how, how beneficial do you think that has been uh, for, for the lineup, and uh, is that uh, something that you're going to see continuing to move forward here? Yeah, it was a great win for our team. I mean, I think, uh, you know, let's, let's not downplay it, right? It, it was yeah. a great win. Um, you know, all wins are great. And, and when you don't have as many as you want, they're, they're magnified, right? Um, but our kids played really, really hard. Our kids played really well. Again, we, we played very good. Um, you know, in the first half, we, we struggled to score a little bit. We had a little bit of a, a lull in the second half. Marshall made a run. Marshall took a lead, you know, and, and for our team to, you know, be down, at, I believe it was eight points with six minutes to go. Um, you know, but we never lost our poise, right? We we stayed focused on, you know, we stayed focused, we stayed in the moment, we stayed together, uh, and we played very good basketball, and that allowed us to, you know, again, you know, chip away, chip away, take the lead, and then ultimately, you know, close it out and and, and pull away and win. So, um, you know, I'm extremely proud of, of our guys and happy for them. Listen, I'm happy for everyone with the program. I'm happy for our fans, right? It's been it's been a tough year, so you know, you got to celebrate the good stuff. And that, that was a great win today, right? It was a great win on the road in a hustle environment. Um, <clears throat> you know, and our guys played well, and, and they played really good basketball. And more than anything else, right, they, they stuck together, right? We bent a little bit, but we didn't break. We didn't come apart. We didn't lose focus. Um, and, and that allowed us to, to, you know, have a chance to win, which ultimately we did. So that, that was, you know, terrific for us. Um, you know, you're right. Leroy, again, you know, Leroy's, Again, he's not scoring a lot of points, you know, but he's a factor, right? He's rebounding the ball at a, at a high rate, um, you know, or pretty high rate. You know, he, he's a factor defensively protecting the rim. Um, he's just given us a, a different look, a little bit different energy, um, you know. He, he, so, you know, that's – yes, I, I imagine that will continue um, as long as he continues to do the things that he's doing, which is playing really hard and, and being a factor defensively and being a factor on the glass. You know, if he's able to score a few buckets uh, like he did at, at Marshall – um, you know that's great. We'll take it. Um, but his, you know, he he's helping he's helping with the, our defensive presence, uh, and, and that's been the main factor for us. And he's just playing really, really hard. So we just we need him to keep doing what he's doing. It's having a positive impact. And again, just keep doing that. We're uh, here with Kieran Donahue, interim basketball coach at ODU. Here, Scott Jackson, show prior to Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one joins us via the Valley Who's guest line. Uh, weird week. Uh, we had that short, uh, you know, turnaround at at Southern Miss on Wednesday, then back here with uh, Central Michigan in the MAC uh, SmackDown uh, in the second game of that. Um, with the short week, I mean, how challenging is that for you? I know you do get out of Madison a little earlier because of a day game, but how has that uh, shortened schedule made it kind of challenging to kind of hone in on here on Southern Miss over these next few days? Uh, you know, it, it's it's better than having one day. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have right, two days right. of practice. You know, you got back late Saturday night. Um, you know, obviously getting back from Harrisonburg, you know, relatively easy. Um, you know, and, and we had a day off yesterday and much needed for the guys, right? And, uh, you know, for them to focus on some other things and then come in today and they're in class all morning and then we'll practice this afternoon. Um, and then, we'll, you know, we'll practice tomorrow. A quick turnaround because the gap, the, you know, the spacing between practices is a little bit earlier um, or a little bit shorter, excuse me, and then we get on the plane again and head to Mississippi. Um, you know, but having two days of preparation for an opponent is, is more than enough time, right? We have a lot of games where we really only have one day of prep. And, and uh, you know, with these Thursday-Saturday games, it's really hard to do a lot on Friday, right? We're we're not the deepest of teams. we got a lot of guys playing a lot of minutes. It's banged up here in February. So, you know, those Saturday practices – uh, you know, there's not a ton of live stuff being done. Um, and so, 
you know, at least for, for Southern Miss here, we, we've got two days here, you know, Monday and Tuesday to get ready for this game on Wednesday. So, you know, it is a different week. I, I think the, you know, the, the Mac game on Saturday is awkward. Um, you know, maybe it's a nice way of putting it, um, you know, but it is what it is, right? We, we can't control any of it. All we can control uh, is, is our preparation and our attitude and our focus and, and our effort. That's what we're going to focus on doing. That's what we are going to do. Well, as you kind of focus on what you guys have been doing over these last few games, you know, again, with, you know, obviously some turnover with the roster, you know, with, with Vashawn no longer on the team and the, the, the kind of the reset, if you will, over these last three games, what, what have you guys, uh, I think, uh, improved upon as you look at it? And what are the things that you need to continue to work towards uh, to, to be uh, at a more consistent level? But we've got to keep getting better at both ends of the floor, right? I mean, there's there's plenty of room for improvement. Um, you know, we've got to we've got to find a way to defend better, right? And that's just been a consistent theme, uh, you know, for us all year long. You know, our, our opponents are just, you know, shooting too high of a percentage, right? They're shooting too well from the three point line. Um, you know, we we've got to find a way to to get more stops. Um, you know, I, I think we're starting to be more active and more connected defensively, um, and that's that's the that's that's a big part of it, right? When we're more active, when we're connected, um, we are better defensively. Um, I, I think at the other end of the floor, we're, we're playing better basketball and offense. Um, and, you know, I think we're sharing the ball more. I think we're moving the ball more. I don't think it stops as much. Um, you know, and I think as a result, we, we, we're having better offensive outputs and, and getting, you know, better, you know, more quality shots. Uh, and so that's the key. We just got to keep keep improving in those areas. We, we, we got we to gotta guard better. Right, we got to guard better, um, and we got to find a way to get more stops. Um, and then at the offensive end, again, it's all about you know taking care of the ball, which we've done very well all season by the most part. But for the most part, but but again, you know, being connected on offense, sharing the ball, you know, taking the right shots. We just got to you know again that, that message hasn't really changed much here over over a number of weeks. Um, and and I think we're making strides in both of those areas. Um, you know, we've got plenty of room for improvement. You know, but we, you know, if we look at, if we look at things for for positives, and we're we're definitely right, we're looking for positives, and, and you know, we're enjoying, yeah, enjoying, maybe not the right way, but we're we're building on the positives, right? We we played three, you know, pretty darn good halves of basketball, you know, at this weekend. I, we, that's not the goal. The goal is to play four. The goal is to get two wins, right? I, I get all of that, um, but but there are, you know, improvements, signs of improvement. I, I think we are playing better team basketball at both ends of the floor. Um, and that's what we've been working on, and that's what we're asking our guys to do, and we're starting to do that. So we just got to keep building on that and hopefully have more success doing that. Yeah, tough uh, spot to play at Hattiesburg on Wednesday against Southern Miss. Uh, best of luck to you, Coach, and uh, thanks for your time as always. Sounds good, Scott. Thank you. All right, Kieran Donahue, Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are here at Ballyhoo's. We'll be hanging out till. Or, Coming out here at Hackers, we're here till uh, 7 o'clock. You can hit us up via the Bellevue's phone line, 757-687-9494, or the text line, 757-687-9494, here at Hackers at Hilltop. By the way, we just played a little simulated golf during the uh, break. Didn't go very well. Um, I ducked twice. Yeah, and by the way, they're they're not lying. I mean, they were crappy swings, so they, they, <laughs> Hackers is not lying to you. They were crappy swings on my part. So they're not lying here. Uh, they this is the real deal. I mean, they they tell you when you're bad, you're bad, and uh, you know, wouldn't good swings, and they they let me know. You um, just need to come more often. Yeah, what yeah, is, what yeah. Is. Definitely need more practice, like anything else. But the big game watch party coming here this weekend, uh, and again, it's not you don't have to play golf to come here. By the way, you can eat. They have excellent food. We've already had a lot of it. Uh, drinks, full bar here. 
uh, watch games. You don't have to be here golfing to have fun here at Hackers at Hilltop. So come on out, and again, uh, you can uh, join them for all the big game watch party options this weekend, food and drinks. Secure your spot online at Hackers at Hilltop.com, and come out here and grab your tickets in purse if you want to come by and uh, see us as well. We're here till 7 as we have uh, tickets to give away, and uh, we're doing so for those that come on out and uh, say hello uh, and meet us. So uh, here till again, 7 o'clock, Hackers at Hilltop. You can come get a meal here uh, and play a little golf simulation if you choose to do so. So there's kind of some big breaking news um, out of the way of Dartmouth. Um, the National Labor Relations Board regional uh, official has decided that Dartmouth basketball players are now employees of the school clearing the way for an election that would create the first labor union in NCAA athletics. Wow. Yeah, that seems kind of important, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a snowball that could roll downhill fast. All 15 members of the Dartmouth men's team um, signed a petition in September, joined the local 560 of uh, Service Employees International Union, which represents some of the employees of Ivy League School in Hanover, New Hampshire, Unionizing would allow the players to negotiate over not only salary, but also working conditions, practice conditions, hours, and travel. The NCAA and university across the country have been steadfast and against, you know, having their athletes become employees. They're student athletes. They're not employees. Well, the school can appeal this now um, with the director's decision on the national board uh, that happened when the members of the Northwestern team obviously held the union election back in 2014. In the case of appeal, the ballots would be um, impounded pending uh, a ruling. So Northwest ballots, Northwestern ballots were destroyed after the National Labor Relations Board, which governs the private employers, decided that allowing football players at only a private school in the Big Ten would upset the labor market in the conference. It did not address whether or not the questions of players were employees. All eight Ivy League schools, of course, are in fact private uh, here as well. So these are... um, a little different complaints to the National Labor Relations Board than maybe in the past. There's also complaints before the NLRB in California that claims football and basketball players at USC should be deemed employees as well. Man, there are just so many NCAA lawsuits coming. <laughs> There's a lot, dr- a lot happening right now. Here's the big winners, the lawyers. Yep. Billable hours, the big winners and all this stuff. I, I don't know where this thing's headed, but that doesn't seem like a great sign for the NCAA. And I also don't know that this is something that's going to be – universally loved no no, no not no. by I mean, I mean even by by players by the yeah. athletes themselves because i'm not sure that this is something that athletes are universally asking for well that's the other problem i mean you don't you don't know if that's whatever he's asking for and again if you get into this employee model i mean there's just a lot of different things that could spiral out of control here but you know it just kind of feels like we're spiraling slowly out of control anyway yeah i, I don't think there's a whole lot of control in the ncaa there, there right is now. not a lot of control right now there's a lot of people that telling them that they don't have control either which makes it uh, fast oh, and then there's that too so let's uh we'll keep our eyes on that story as it develops but right now that's uh the, another uh, another l for the uh, ncaa despite all this stuff by the way roger goodell has started his press conference by invitation only today and he said um that the league sent experts out to UNLV and declared the fields playable, despite the 49ers saying it was too soft. I'm sure that's exactly what they wanted to hear, is that it's playable. Yeah, not it's that it's pl- good, not that yeah, it's great, yeah. that it's playable. Thanks. Yeah, so that's what he's saying right now. So that's what they have – their experts have decided. Of course, these same experts were in charge of the field last year at Arizona, and we saw how that worked out in terms of the playing surface itself. So yeah, uh, we'll see how the 49ers feel about that uh, ruling later when uh, they get a chance to complain. 
Interesting. All right, 757-687-9494 text line. Uh, get hit us up there, 757-687-9494. All right, if you missed it earlier, uh, the commanders not only introduced Dan Quinn at his press conference today, but they also announced the hirings of the two coordinators, uh, Cliff Kingsbury as OC and Joe Witt, the D.C., and here was our poll question, uh, which you can get on the X, uh, Jackson Sports, or at ESPN Radio 941, brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. How do you feel about Dan Quinn's coordinator hires? Um, here's what the breakdown is. 75.4% say it makes them more excited. Uh, 9.1% makes them less excited. 7% think it's a complete disaster. And then, of course, we have the 8% others out there. And uh, our guy Paulie says may. <laughs> Um, and I told you about, uh, I think I shared this one earlier. Charles says, Hey, after 30 years of disappointment, I'm in the show me mode. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, very common as well. That's fair. Christopher Seymour hates it. Uh, he's so angry. He's talked about Cliff Kingsbury and all the firings that have taken place with him and doesn't understand how he could get yet another job, um, in pro football or in football for that matter. So he's got like four different long texts. I can't read. Wow. So he's very angry about it, uh, about the situation. And, again, he's not being asked to be the head coach. He's just the coordinator. Yeah, I think we'd be it's upset if he was running the show. Yeah, if he was the head coach, I would be losing my, my stuff. Uh, Ricky Ronnie was with us in the first hour. If you missed that, you can go back on, on in the downloads and check it out on the podcast page on ESPN Radio 94.1 uh, there and also on our app. At the uh, You can get it there as well. But, you know, one of the things he was talking about, kind of the – misconceptions of the spread, right, which is, oh, you never – you can't throw. Or it's, you can only throw. It's hard to run out of the shotgun when actually, you know, some of the more explosive runs are, in fact, out of the shotgun. And obviously, look, he believes in the spread. He's all, his school's running the spread, right? right. His offense is running it. Yep. And as we said this year with, with ODU, and this is, again, on a much different level, but you see it in the pros too, you can run effectively out of, the, out of that formation because you have – Again, the defense so spread out is the, in theory, and then you're going to have bigger mm-hmm. running lanes too. And that's the exciting part about what the spread can do for you. And I think when Cliff Kingsbury leaned into the run in Arizona, they had some very explosive and good running games. And it wasn't just Kyler Murray running. Kyler Murray is not the same kind of runner as some other mobile quarterbacks. I mean, he's, he's actually more likely to throw than run. But, yeah, he had some, he had some big running days, but, but not a guy who was dependent on running the football. Um, so, I mean, I think that's what will be interesting to see. And, and Kingsbury has changed the air raid, the spread, whatever you want to call it, over his time and his different stops. And I, to me, it also is not a tell that they're absolutely positively, you know, going to make this run at Caleb Williams and give the Bears whatever they want, you know, including, you know, um, you know the team playing. I, I, don't, I don't see that at all. I actually think all three of these quarterbacks, and it's very common these days, and you and I have talked about this a ton during college and pro football season, most quarterbacks don't get under center anymore. They no. have no idea what that concept is, and they're asked to do it come from college to pro in a lot of cases, and some of them can adjust to it, and some are terrible at it. But most of them don't even deal with that. Most centers don't even you know, snap it normal anymore. What we would consider under center snaps is mostly at a shotgun or a pistol. So it's a lot different. I mean, this is much more the norm. Drake May played in a spread you know, hybrid with, with – uh, Phil Longo, I mean, the guy yep. who taught him and the same guy to co- coach Sam Howell. Also, you know, certainly Jaden Daniels played in a form of the spread. Maybe not the exact same thing that they would run uh, with the commanders, but he certainly has, and obviously Caleb Williams knows damn well what what is run by you know, Cliff Kingsbury because he was just in it at USC. So, I mean, I think all three of the guys, if you believe those are all three of the top guys going to go one, two, three, all three of them could be – 
beneficiaries of playing in this system with Cliff Kingsbury as the coach. No, no doubt. And he's had – look, he's had success around quarterbacks. There's no doubt about that. He's been around successful quarterbacks. Now, has he been successful as the head coach of the team? No. No, I mean, that, that's fair. He is not. And, and the thing that's weird about his teams is they seem to – I don't know if it's the people catch up with him or the teams just gasp by the end of the year, but they fall – they kind of fall apart a little bit as the year goes on. Yeah, and if you look at early Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals, first two seasons for Kyler Murray, he played 16 games. He played it every game of the season. Yeah. The first season, he rushed for 544 yards. Yeah. In 2020, he rushed for 819 yards and 11 touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, almost passed for 4,000 yards in the same exact season. So, now the only thing that Kyler Murray had trouble with early on in his career were the picks. He had 12 picks in his first two seasons. Right. But you're throwing around the yard a lot, a la what Sam Howell did. He never had more attempts than he had in his first two seasons, did Kyler Murray. But just goes to show you, if you've got the right guy running your system – you could put up some numbers, and oh, by the way, they are pretty good both of those years that he, under Kingsbury too. So, yeah, I mean, again, he's not for everybody. He, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he's very been very innovative. I mean, obviously, Pat Mahomes thinks a lot of him. You know, played for him, had successful runs with him. I mean, his players seem to really, really like him, and and the other coaches seem to be really intrigued by what his system's about and what he can do. And you know, think the guy. There's some, you know, dare I say, genius in what he does. And, you know, it was, it was fascinating to hear Dan Quinn say the reason he was interested and intrigued by him was because he found that offense very difficult to get ready for. Kind of the same thing he felt like about Kyle Shanahan when he went out and hired him, too. Right. And, you know, you hear that a lot from defensive coaches. Like, what makes me uncomfortable? What am I not good at stopping? That's who I want to have kind of running my offense. Now, again, with the Kingsbury thing, it would be fascinating if they don't get the pick of, you know, of Caleb Williams – which of the quarterbacks left on the board would he would he be most interested in working with? Um, you know. Also, does this mean he absolutely you're absolutely taking a quarterback with Kingsbury now being hired? I would say probably yes. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, mean, oh, not that I yeah. didn't think it really. I mean, I don't think this was a like hey a coordinator dependent kind of thing. But I was kind of I was pretty much sure they were taking a quarterback at number two, regardless of what uh, the hire here was. But this almost like. Absolutely cements it because this has been what he has you know, probably done best because he has worked with guys at the college level, and now you're talking about him being in the pros. And in a lot of cases, as we know, guys are usually very green when they come to the NFL. There's, you know, there's a big learning curve for most of them. I mean, not everybody can just plug and play and uh, be real comfortable. So I think this almost is a you know, 100% lock now that, you're lock- that they are taking a QB at two or – you know, maybe moving up to, to do it. But they're, they are definitely that first pick's going quarterback. So, um, you see Sam Howell, by the way, at the Carolina Duke game this week. I did, and I saw, I saw Drake May towering over yes. him, which told me a lot. So, they say Drake May is 6'4", and Sam Howell is <clears throat> six foot. No way. No chance. No way. He looked like his child. It, like, Drake May brought his son to the game, and, he, I mean, they both have baby faces, but you know what I mean. I mean, he, he looked so much bigger than him. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, 757-687-9494 if you want to text us up uh, here on the program. Um, coming up, we'll go through some of the stuff that's being hit on the Roger Goodell press, including uh, more international football. <sighs> Hooray. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we'll deal with that coming up next. Scott Jackson, your priority on the sports radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law coming at you uh, from Hackers at Hilltop. Uh, come on out and see us. We're here for another half hour. James Witham's got your sports center.
The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we are uh, back here at uh, Hackers at Hilltop for another 25 or so. Uh, we got people to congratulate. Our guy Cecil came out here, won the REO Speedwagon, no, train tickets earlier. Yeah, same show, right? Yeah, yep, same, same show. Same show. Same show. Uh, congrats to him. Our guy Pauly uh, just came out here a minute ago as well, hanging out here at Hackers at Hilltop. First time out here. Um, if you haven't been here before, you obviously can come when we're not here. But, you know, if you've got time to come out before we leave, it would be nice to see you as well. So uh, stop on by. And, again, the big game party, uh, the big game watch party coming up this weekend, Hackers at Hilltop.com for more information. But, the long and the short of it is, uh, it is the big game on Sunday, the 11th. Food, drinks, 70 TVs broadcasting it all, including the large screens in the base. For optimal viewing, you will not miss a play or any commercial. And all big game watch party options include food and drink tickets. Again, you can secure your spot online at hackers at hilltop.com or again, tickets in person. Or call 757 351 3931. 757 351. 3931. Book a bay today or get general mission. This uh, obviously is going to be a legendary game. No cancellations, no refunds. Once you're in, you're in for an unforgettable big game watch party time. And if you want to get in a round before the game, the bays will be available to you to swing in early. Uh, restaurant and bar will open till 1 o'clock on Sunday, but close at 3 to get ready for the big game watch party happening. From 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., state-of-the-art indoor golf, eat, drink, and watch sports facility. And it is more than just, you know, the state-of-the-art golfing, which is pretty freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Which is pretty freaking awesome in itself. But you can eat and drink here, watch sports. You don't have to feel like you have to come in here and play golf. It's a sports fan's destination here in Virginia Beach. Hackers at Hilltop, eat, drink, and score. I saw the sandwich you had earlier. What was that, Brontosaurus? That thing it was, was a Brontosaurus. No, it is not Brontosaurus. I don't think that's legal in this state. Uh, but, no, it was, it was a spicy chicken sandwich. It's fantastic. Uh, it was really good. They have a very fancy, funny name. they got a lot of um, Caddyshack references to stuff and stuff like that. It's, it's good. Uh, a lot of golf references. Octopus and squid on the yeah, menu, all kinds uh, of stuff. This had it's a really wild. wonderful soup a minute ago that had bacon. First of all, anything that's bacon in it okay. is really good. Yeah, that's all you have to say. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. It's so good. Anyway, uh, but anyway, Hackers at Hilltop again. Just don't feel like you have to come out here and play golf, but if you want to do that, certainly you can do so as well. All right, let's get to some of this um, stuff here today as well off of the Roger Goodell presser. I just saw a minute ago that now – there's going to be a game next season in Brazil. Did you see this? I did. So the Philadelphia Eagles are going to play in the first ever Brazil game next season. They will play – they'll be the first team ever to have a home game in 2024. It's going to be a Friday night week one game <laughs> in Brazil. <laughs> oh. Friday night. Oh, here we go. See, we said there was no day of the week that was sacred in the NFL, right? So much for the Friday night lights, kids. Too bad, you know. Yeah, we're taking that from you, too. They're going to play Brazil in week one, and I don't know who they're going to play yet. Obviously, that is yet to be named, but I guess, hey, could be it could be a division opponent in week one. Could oh, the commanders gosh. be in play? I hope not. I don't, I don't know about That'd that. That'd be a heck of a postgame show for you. How are you going <laughs> to go on down to Sao Paulo there? Sao Paulo? Yeah, maybe, if, if they ask me to. <laughs> uh, wow, but crazy, right? Like wow. a Friday, First of all, it's Friday night. Uh, we knew they were going to have this game this year. Uh, and I'm surprised they're telling you this early, but they like to, you know, I guess, what is it, three, two months away, the schedule, two and a half, whatever it is. It's usually in April where they leak the, they give you the whole schedule out there wow. after that. But 
Yeah, interesting. I'm sure, Eagles season ticket holders are. Oh, thrilled. they're thrilled. Look, I mean, look, Mike Trout's got to be furious. I mean, <laughs> oh, he'll go down there. He'll have time. Well, he'll be available. He'll be on the injured list by then. I mean, he'll he'll be, he'll be out of the playoffs by then. He can certainly go down there. But yeah, I mean, in San Pablo, Paulo, Brazil, on a Friday night. I mean, I knew that the Black Friday games were here to stay. Right, the day after Thanksgiving, they well, were going to stick with yeah. those because they did very well this year, but. Now we're going to go ahead Friday night at the beginning of the season, too. I mean, why, wow. why stop there? You know, why not um, Wednesdays and Tuesdays? I don't, I don't know. An interesting Does that stuff. mean they're going to get a week two by? Yeah. <laughs> well, now they have an extra day, right? I don't right? think so. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you have extra time, actually. It's a good setup because it's two extra days. So if you're going to have to play it, might as well do it early. And it's the first game of the season, so there's, yeah. you know. Well, this would be the set because this is not, not going to replace the opener, is it? Because it because no, the, the opener will be Thursday. on Thursday. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be Thursday. The World Champions most likely against somebody, right? Like this year, <clears throat> of course, it was the the Chiefs against the Lions, which we almost got in the Super Bowl again, but it didn't happen. But no, next year it'll be either the Forty ers or these, um, I, I suppose, or these these Chiefs. I was kind of hoping it would have been they would have done Harbaugh brothers in the opener, like had the Ravens made it to the Super Bowl, which they didn't. That so. could have been fun. It could have been fun, but they kind of goofed it all up. Uh, here today, but yeah. So anyway, that's that's the big news out of the commissioner's thing. I also saw him talk about hybrid fields. So you know how the NFL has been kind of allergic to the idea of going completely against artificial turf because they don't want to admit there's anything wrong with artificial turf. Uh, yet you know all the players say they hate artificial turf. So I saw this. You know the the World Cup is going to New Jersey. You saw that Mets Life Stadium is going to get the World Cup. Yeah. It, you know for the World Cup for this year with North America. And, of course, they play on the worst surface, everybody says, in the league, like via the players. Every year they say it's the worst surface, the Jets, Giants. And yet, for the World Cup, they're not going to play on that surface, of course. They're going to bring in natural grass right. <laughs> for the soccer players. But that's impossible for, for NFL games. I know, but for the soccer players, they're going to do it. So now, <clears throat> Roger Goodell is, you know, trying to say it just depends on the conditions and the, and the climate in, in certain fields. And they're, they're talking more of a hybrid field. They're not against that, but they're – Certainly not about the force teams to do it quite yet, quite yet. But it is fascinating that when it comes to, hey, if we're going to get this FIBA world, you know, this uh, FIFA money, excuse me, not FIBA, that's basketball, FIFA money, we're, we can figure out a way to get the to get the natural grass in here for those weeks of soccer games, but not for our football teams to play here, you know, ten times a year. Well, really, that that stadium is a lot of play there because you got two teams here in the same stadium which is pretty wild. Again, people pointing out that the commanders are eligible to play in Brazil. Yes, well aware and well uh-huh. in, well in where and well in fear. Guess I won't see <laughs> you that Friday. Yeah, well aware and well in fear. I <laughs> w- definitely uh, see that happening. I'm going to pencil that in now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Would they do that to him? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I can't imagine. But you never know. Yeah, exactly. All right, 757-687-9494. You would think they would pick like a playoff team, right? Like a, a team that was a playoff team from a year ago. You would think, but maybe not. And and they like to kind of kick these uh, division games to backload them now. Like the division part of your schedule is, is normally fairly backloaded. You get a little taste of a division game early here and there, but the, most of them are kind of backloaded recently, at least. It's not. It's not totally without precedent, though. I mean, it it, it could certainly happen. But. Well, there there was a day and time where the NFL started the season off with strictly division games, right? And then they right. then they morphed into this. No, let's make the division games. Mean more by layering them back in like weeks, you know, 15, 16, 17, or whatever it is now, which I don't hate either. 
But uh, there's got like there's always this weird thing where you finish one team's season series and you haven't played the other team at all yet. Like that that's what I don't really quite understand how we got into that phase of our lives. But here we are. Um, and yeah, I guess boy, Commanders in San Paulo. Although <laughs> do, doesn't it kind of feel like <laughs> this could be a Cowboys uh, trip? Oh boy! Yeah, Richie, you have the Eagles opponents in front of you. Yeah, I, I listen. I doubt it's going to be a divisional game, especially Me a home, di- a home divisional game. They're not going to take away a home divisional game no, from. from true. They can't do that. They can't true. do that. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the games are too important. Plus, they're too lucrative financially to the cities. I would That's think. That's true. Into the right. teams, but here, here are your so eliminating those three. Here are your potential games: okay. Atlanta, okay, Carolina, Cleveland, Oof. Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I can't see them giving up the Steelers game, of just given how lucrative well, that could be too. for the for the travel into Philly. Yeah. Then Green Bay, and mm. get this one: the last option would be Jacksonville. Could you imagine them making the Jaguars play two games in London Ooh. and one game in Brazil? <laughs> well, that would be interesting because you got the old Doug Peterson angle right against the uh, against the Eagles. So that that's interesting. That actually would have some interest to sell it, but. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that would be kind of crappy for Jacksonville. Although, didn't Jacksonville play two games in London this year? That's what I'm saying. They would play two games. Yeah. In, they're they're assigned to play two games in London, no matter what. They could be. Oh, they could they have play three more. international games. I don't think they could play more than two, though. Is yeah, there a rule saying? Yeah, you can only play like two. There's got to be a rule against that. The Steelers is intriguing, but I hear you. I mean, they don't want to give that game up, probably, but. That's one of the few games where they actually have a questionable home field advantage in it. That, my my guess would be Atlanta, Carolina, or Cleveland would be one of those Make three. Make the Panthers do it. Make the Panthers do it. Uh, how are you going to sell people on that? Ugh. I guess it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's week one. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's hopeful and you pretend it, but boy, to put the Panthers there. I don't know if you're selling the people of Brazil on Cleveland either, though. <laughs> well, at least they were a playoff team. Like you say, hey, you know, come see. Come see Joe <laughs> Come Flacco. see Joe Flacco. <laughs> Well, Although if it's if it's Deshaun Watson that well, I'm yeah. not going to no, say it. Yeah, Deshaun Watson in Brazil. I don't know. I, the I don't headlines know what, just write themselves sometimes. Yeah, people. I don't know what that policy right. is down there. I don't either. All right, what we miss coming up next? <laughs> Who says Belichick's not working next year? We'll get to that next. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. You are listening to the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. It's been a long day, and sometimes things fall through the cracks. It's time to figure out what we missed on The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, what we missed tonight uh, as we come to you from Hackers at Hilltop. Uh, Steve Belichick's going to work this year. His old man may be taking a year off, but he has decided to become the defensive coordinator at the University of Washington the son of Bill Belichick has been on that Patriots staff for the last 12 years as a defensive assistant, including five as a defensive play caller. The 36-year-old previously uh, worked with newly hired Washington head coach Jed Fish in 2020 when he was the Patriots QB's coach. Uh, according to sources, last month um, ESPN reported that Steve Belichick and his younger brother Brian, also a Patriots assistant, were offered jobs to remain in New England under Gerard Mayo. But Steve Belichick decided to go become the D.C. with the new and improved, they hope, uh, Washington staff. Of course, they were the runners-up in the national championship, and they just got a brand-new head coach when Kalen DeBoer ran off to Alabama. So Washington hires Belichick this weekend, and now um, we await, I guess, next year's coaching cycle for Bill Belichick. It's going to be fun to watch Bill Belichick 
in the suite watching his son coach University of Washington. I would think, what are we, he's going to be a, like a Taylor Swiftian type fervor over that or what? I don't know. I think St- I think Bill might be the kind of guy that would sit in the stand still. You know what I mean? Without uh, without a shirt <laughs> without a shirt or with yeah, just cut off with sleeves. The, well, maybe the hood still? up for sure. The hoodie, yeah. The definitely with the hoodie up, but. You know, somebody had uh, mentioned to us last week maybe he should be um, you know, coaching one of the service academies. And, of course, you and I quickly pointed out there's only one service academy he would even That's consider right. coaching in his Navy. That's right. He would, I mean, the rest would be sacrilegious to him. But, uh, you know, may, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how things go these next few years with Navy. Maybe Bill's back there at some <laughs> point. I don't know. Maybe that's where it is. But, again, five to eight NFL jobs potentially this upcoming season. Who knows? All right, we got people to thank here out at Hackers at Hilltop. I want to thank George uh, Melnick and his staff. They're terrific to us here today. Uh, if you haven't been out here to Hackers at Hilltop, you need to do it in your free time at some point. Uh, come on out. They will have the big game party this weekend. Still have tickets available if you want to learn more about it. Hackers at Hilltop.com or give them a call at 757 351 3951 It's more than just golf simulation. It's great food, uh, drinks, beautiful layout here. A lot of space, too. If you've got a big party of, of guys or gals you're hanging out with, families, you can do it all here at Hackers at Hilltop. So, again, thanks for their hospitality today. As our uh, Super Bowl uh, kind of uh, tailgates continue throughout the week, we'll be moving along around uh, the area. So we appreciate you guys listening and uh, coming out when you can see us. Uh, everybody, again, when you get a chance, come out to Hackers at Hilltop and uh, check it out. Great place. All right. Thanks to our guest today. Ricky Ronnie was good enough to come by hang out here. I think he'll be back here soon with the family and the guys. He just wanted to play a little golf out here. Appreciate him popping in. Also, um, thanks to uh, Kieran Donahue, our usual Monday visit with the interim Old Dominion coach. All right. That'll do it for us. Tomorrow we're back at it. More Super Bowl preview for James Witham, Scott Jackson. Thanks to all of our uh, Guys in the promotion team, Joe and Derek, for making it happen here today. And Richie back in the studio. We are represented by Larry King Law, injured in an accident, called 757-INJURED. 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for the good folks at Larry King Law. Help my family. You can help yours if you need it. Larry King Law, 757-687-9494. Again, thanks to the great people at Hackers at Hilltop. Uh, Till tomorrow at 3 o'clock, we will uh, talk to you then here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Have a great night.